I'm going to talk to you about keys to stress-free living. And how the, I believe how the Lord led me to do it was he gave me several words with the letter C in it. The letter C. Now we're not going to get to all of them, but perhaps you can guess for yourself what some of these C's might be. And if you can't guess, we will just see next week. <laughs> Um, but uh, let's pray and let, let's get into agreement. Father, thank you for this all-important group of people. It'll never be a group just like this, Lord, ever again in this auditorium. Never be a service just like this one. And so we acknowledge you and we reverence you and we ask you for your grace and for your anointing upon us as we feast on your word today. And Lord, we just purpose in our heart that we'll not just hear your word, but we will be doers of it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Keys to stress-free living. In other words, how to get from out, from under the load. Look at Psalms 55, if you would, and notice with me in verse 22. Psalms 55, verse 22 says, Cast your burden upon the Lord. And he will, what will he do? Now I want you to notice that that particular verse is conditional upon you doing your part. We all want to be sustained. But in order to position ourselves to be sustained, we must get rid of all of our burdens. We must, the first C is we must cast our burden on the Lord. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. The Amplified says, releasing the weight of your burden over on the Lord. When you release the weight of your burden, that is the opposite of holding on to it. And here's what he'll do. He will never Never Look at your neighbor and say, never. never. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. Well, glory to God. I am encouraging you as your friend, as your pastor. Don't let the cares of this life settle in on your shoulders. To where you break down and you lose sleep. Another translation says, when you cast your burden on the Lord, he will support you. He will never, ever leave you without support. Assuredly not. He will never leave us as orphans without a good, good father. He will never, ever cause us to slip one preacher said it like this, God's grip don't slip. He said, I will never, ever leave you or forsake you. So as you put your cares on the Lord, you can expect to be sustained and supported and held up. How many of you are counting on that? It's essential that you do this. If you want to be sustained. Now, we notice that the word sustain also means to be upheld 
are to uphold. I love what Isaiah said. He said, don't be afraid. I'm your God. Don't be dismayed. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. And I am going to uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. How does it feel to be upheld? How does it feel to be supported by the King of kings and Lord of lords? How does it feel to be sustained and upheld by the glorious word of his power? Oh, man. I'm looking at a congregation of sustained ones. I'm not looking at a stressed out bunch. I'm looking at a blessed in bunch. Hallelujah. What do you mean blessed in? Blessed in Christ. Blessed in the family of God. Woo! Blessed coming in and blessed going out. Shout out to me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. So, before you leave today, you must lay aside the weight of stress. Cast it. Get rid of it. Spurgeon said this. If I cast my burden upon the Lord, what business have I to carry it myself? How can I truthfully say that I have cast it upon him if I am still burdened with it? Now we know one thing for sure. The cares of this life come to all of us. Dead Hagen said it like this. He said, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. But you sure can keep it from building a nest in your hair. I mean, if some vulture tries to get in your hair. And I'm looking at Eric, you don't have no hair. But if some vulture tried to land on your bald head today. Or on your hair. You can resist it. You can get it out of the way. Now, here's the thing. Many people, the way that they were brought up, they were brought up by world champion grandmothers who worried. Brought up by mamas that worried. And here's the problem. That same spirit of fear is transferable. That spirit if you will, of worry, of fretting, and being anxious can get on children. Now, once you've come into the kingdom of God, this kingdom is not a kingdom of stress. This kingdom is a kingdom of peace. But you've got to know how to function within the principles of this kingdom for this peace to be active and sustained in your life. Amen? Amen? And so it begins by casting it, getting rid of it, refusing to tolerate the cares of this world. Now I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Are you ready to read? Are you ready to enunciate? Properly. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5. 
And I want you to look at verse 7 and verse 8. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say, ready, read, and then I'm going to rest my voice. But I want to hear you, otherwise you're going to repeat it again. And don't get all weird on me. And half of you read ahead and the other leg behind. Let's get it right. You expect me to be right, I expect you to be right. One, two, three. Ready, read. He cares for you affectionately and watchfully. He watches over his loved ones. The eyes of the Lord running to and fro throughout the whole earth. Listen, to show himself strong on your behalf. To show himself strong on your behalf. To show himself strong on my behalf. Don't you think for one moment that the work that he started in you, that he's done with you? Say it with me. He that started a good work in me, he's completing it. Man, I'm in my father's hand. I'm in my father's care. Fear not, Mark. Fear not, Raul. Fear not, Susie. I am your good, good father. And I've got you. And I'm watching over you. And I'm going to keep you and support you and sustain you until I come for you. What kind of a father would he be if he wanted us to carry the cares of this life and the burdens and the anxieties that the enemy brings into our life? He would not be a good, good father. Ready to read again? Verse 8. You're doing good, but don't backslide. Okay? One, two, three. Ready, read. Here's what your confession is. He may not seize upon me. I'm not the devil's lunch. Verse 9. Come on, you're doing good. Ready, read. Go ahead. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My bad. I didn't count to three. I'm sorry. All right. What did you do at church today? Well, 
pastor scolded us for not reading together. All right. One, two, three, ready, read. Now keep that verse up there. There's some things that I want you to see that are within this verse that are extremely important. Notice with me, we are to withstand him and we are to be firm in the faith against his onset. In other words, we are to resist him with every fiber of our being. We are to resist him with our faith. Now, notice with me these words, rooted. Everyone say rooted. Rooted. Now, The cares of this life, the burdens of this age, will not be able to take you down and to take you out if, number one, you are rooted. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, rooted in what? Rooted and grounded in the love of God. That we might get a glimpse and comprehension of the great love that God has for us. That we may be firmly grounded in this fact of the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which quite frankly passes knowledge. The Bible says when we do that, that we will enjoy... The richest measure of his divine presence. The divine presence of God always overcomes the presence of our enemies. We will. I will. You will. We will have the richest measure of his divine presence. But not only that. We will become a body wholly filled And flooded with love himself. When you get a revelation. Of his great love for you. And you get rooted in that. You're well on your way. To living a stress free life. But the second thing. That we must be rooted in. We must be rooted. And grounded. In the word of God. We must not. Toy around with the Bible. We must be settled, established, and strong in the Word of God. And we must have the Word of God in our heart and coming out of our mouth on a regular basis so that we can successfully resist the onslaughts of the devil. There is a battle that you and I face every day. And the battle that we face is in between our ears. The battle that you and I face is a battle to get you out of a place of peace back into a place of stress and fear and worry. And unless you know the word, you will have no defense 
our offense against those onslaughts. Everyone say rooted in the love of God and rooted in the Word of God. Now look with me quickly at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and verse 5. And we'll look at the King James Version on that one if we could. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 4 and 5. 1, 2, 3, ready, read. Go ahead. Mighty through who? God. Mighty through the word of God. For the pulling down of strongholds. Now notice in verse 5. Ready, read. How many thoughts? How are we going to do that if we don't have the thoughts of God in our hearts? How are we going to be ever be able to cast down imaginations and pull down strongholds if we don't know what the Bible says? Tony Cook says it this way. He says, you are either casting down imaginations or imaginations are casting you down. He said, you are either pulling down strongholds or strongholds are pulling you down. And you and I are the deciding witness on that. We are not meat for the devil. We should not at any time in our life sit around and entertain those thoughts that come straight from hell. But rather... We should be meditating on God's word by day and by night. Now, go back to Second First uh, Peter chapter five. And notice with me in verse uh, nine again. Rooted, everyone say established, established. strong, strong. Immovable. immovable, and what else? It is my determined purpose, and it should be your determined purpose, that you will not be devoured by stress. And the next time you feel it come your way, here's what you do. Just throw it off on him. Be happy. Like one friend of mine says... Go eat some ice cream. <laughs> Go smell a flower. Stop taking the lies, the accusations, and the imaginations of the enemy so serious. Be determined that I am rooted and grounded in the love of God. Oh, glory to God. Let's lift our hands right now. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I think for a lot of you, life would be better if you did eat some ice cream. I really do. Brenda and I have a joke around the house. 
And the joke around the house is Murphy ate. Murphy ate. What does that mean? Well, Murphy was an associate pastor of Lester Sumrall. And they were going to go cast the devil out of a demon-possessed lady one day. And so they went over to the house. And Lester said, now, Murphy, I want you to make sure you don't eat. Don't eat for two days. Because we're going to go and we're going to cast that devil out of that lady. Okay, okay, Dr. Sumrall, fine. Good, 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 good. So Sumrall picks him up, 8 in the morning, takes him over to the house. He says, we're going to pray for this lady right now. And he said, now, ma'am, we've been fasting and we've been praying. And today's your day of deliverance. A demon spoke up and said, Murphy ate. <laughs> that has absolutely nothing to do with the message. And so what I say to Brenda, if I've already eaten, I will say Murphy ate. <laughs> Last Sunday, I went down and had this great big huge buffet meal. And then Brenda, being a country girl, she goes home and the dessert bar wasn't good enough for her. So she whipped up her own upside down pineapple cake. They taught that girl how to cook on the farm. And I said, was that Betty Crocker? She says, no. She said, I did that myself. And so we ate a bunch of it, and then there was some left. But Monday while she was gone, Murphy ate. So I put this little post-it on top of the cake. I mean, I, I saved maybe a half a bite. And it was Murphy ate. And I said all that to say this. Some of you need to eat. Some of you need to enjoy your life. Stop taking life so seriously. I guarantee you, a hundred years from now, it won't make any difference. So don't allow yourself to be eaten up. And don't let stress eat you up, even physically. Say it with me. I'm casting my burdens on the Lord. Now go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Murphy's going to eat again today. <laughs> Philippians 4, verse 6. One, two, three, ready, read. Go ahead. Do not fret. Do not have any anxiety about anything, but pray about what? When panic knocks on the door, don't panic. Pray. Instead of worrying, 
Start worshiping. Just practice right now. Just lift up your hands and just start worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now this is a quote from somebody else. So if you get mad at me, don't blame me. I'm just quoting it. But if you prayed as much as you worry, you would have a lot less to worry about. Not done yet. If it is not worth praying about, it's certainly not worth worrying about. Submit everything to the Lord. Let God be true and every man a liar over every situation. If you will give him praise and thanksgiving, that will shut the devil's mouth. Did you know that studies have been proven out that a man or a woman with an attitude of gratitude literally boosts their immune system? It takes the same amount of time to whine and complain as it does to praise and give thanks. And all it is, it's just a matter of training. It's just a matter of saying, my days of whining and complaining are over with. Now you will feel like it before the day is out. If you're well developed in whining and complaining, that is what you will yield to. I submit to you, stop it, stop it, stop it, and start praising and giving thanks instead. We're hitting some chords here today. I can tell because some of you are squirming in your seat. Now, I want to say some things to you about worry that come directly from the lips of the master. How many of you will believe the master's words? First and foremost, all worry, every bit of it, is completely unreasonable. Here's what Jesus said. He said, don't you worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about your body, what you're going to wear. He said this, is not life more important than food? And is not your body more important than clothes? When I say Worry is unreasonable. What I'm saying to you is this. It just doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. It's irrational. Here's what worry does. Worry exaggerates the problems. It turns something small into something big. And and you know what else happens? When people give themselves to worry... And they begin to fixate on, perhaps it's a doctor's report. Or they begin to fixate on a loved one that's rebelling. 
or they start fixating upon whatever circumstance it might be, that fixation easily turns into what they call looping. And what is looping? Looping is something that repeats itself over and over and over again. People that will fixate on the circumstances and the problems normally end up living in that hellish loop the rest of their lives. What am I going to do? The doctor says, I have this. What am I, where am I going to go? I just lost my house. These are real problems. These are real difficulties. But we don't have to let it control our lives. Come on. How many of you know they're building new houses every day? Instead of fixating on the problem, you can fixate your mind on him. Repeat this with me. He keeps me in perfect peace because I keep my mind set on him. And I have to watch this myself. Because I get ample opportunity in ministry to worry. And if I allow myself to worry, what good am I doing you? What good am I doing my marriage? And the devil is a master at making a mountain out of a molehill. How many of you are connecting with this? You know what I'm talking about. So each time that you review a worry, it just gets bigger. Say it to me, worry just doesn't work. Listen to this statement. To worry about something that you can't change is useless. And to worry about something you can change is just stupid. <laughs> Say to me, worry doesn't work. Here's what I know about stress. Here's what I know about worry. Worry is not natural to the born again believer. Fear is not a part of your born-again package. Fear and bondage are not a part of your DNA. Say it to me. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. But a power and a love and of a sound mind. Worry is a, it's, it's a learned response. You've got to practice it to get good at it. <laughs> Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. Let me ask you, did the birds sow? Did the birds reap? Yet your father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than a buzzard? 
And why take you worry about clothes? Look at the fields. Look at the lilies. They don't worry about their clothes. Yet King Solomon in all of his glory was never clothed as beautifully as they were. In all of creation, humans are the only ones who worry. Animals don't worry. I'm seeing Dave there. You worked at Coyote Hills for a number of years. And Coyote Hills is by my house and So a lot of times I'd go out there and walk, especially when I was younger, I would jog over there. But I came to this uh, one area in Coyote Hills where there were just, it looked like thousands of big blackbirds. And I'm thinking, what in the world are they doing up there? And I thought I overheard one of them saying, what in the world are we going to do? And the other one said, caw, the economy's bad. There's probably a shortage of food to eat. No, you never see a bunch of birds talking about how bad things are. And yet some of these Christian birds? Now, I'm not talking about you. Oh, my, my, my. What, you know, what about the economy? Well, what about the economy? What about the economy? Didn't your father tell you that he'd supply your need? Didn't he say he would do it according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, not according to the economy? I'm just saying. God cares for you. Your body was not designed to carry weights and worry. Somebody says... Pastor Mark, I am just worried sick. That's the problem. See, whether you realize it or not, and this is the, one of the other C's that I'm going to be talking to you about during this series, you've got to cut off all the triggers of stress and worry. You've got to cut those off. And one of the biggest triggers of stress and worry And what brings sickness into people's lives is what they're doing with their thinking, what they're doing with their words, and they're opening up the door for the devourer. We've got to cut those things off. You see, the Bible says that an anxious heart weighs a man down. And it goes on to say that a heart at peace gives life to the body. The last thing I'm going to say to you in closing is this. Worry is absolutely unhelpful. It never, ever has helped anybody. Never. Worry cannot make you taller. It can't make you shorter. Eric, it can't put hair in your head. Eric can handle it. No. Think about this. Worry cannot change your past. Only Jesus can change your past. And worry cannot control your future. 
When you put your burdens over on the Lord and you put your life over into his capable hands and trust him and have faith in him, you can smile at your future knowing full well that your good, good father has got you. Say it with me, my good, good father. He's got me. It's unnecessary. It's not necessary. If God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? Oh, you of little faith. And I spent too much time. I spoke for 36 minutes and 48 seconds. But you took a long time to read those scriptures. You really did not. You did wonderful. Give yourself a hand. Amen.